Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? On today's episode, we've got Brad Bathgate here from Bathgate Constructions, and uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his life, his business, and uh, some of his investing strategies. And uh, so with that being said, welcome to the show, Mr. Brad. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Good to have you, man. Uh, So tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into business, uh, what your business looks like, and, and kind of paint that picture for everyone. Well, basically, I uh, got into construction at a very early age, uh, helped my uncle flip homes, and basically early on figured out that I didn't like other people telling me what to do that much. So started my own business at, well, I guess legally at 18, but basically started doing my own thing around 15, 16, as soon as I could drive myself around from project to project. So Okay. So you've got, well, how many years now? 20 over 20 yeah okay so i'm i'm in year 15 you're in year 20 plus and we we oddly met on uh on craigslist what craigslist. probably probably about 10 <laughs> years ago uh awesome. i think i was looking for someone to cover some more snow sites and you were looking for some more snow work exactly filling out some routes and uh i guess since then we've been doing hardscape been doing landscape together for probably eight ten years at this point and uh yeah we're just trying to kind of paint the picture of how that looks for two people that uh, run basically solo companies uh, by themselves. And then we we work together off of uh, some different larger jobs to to kind of get the the job, the project done on time. But uh, so I I know we've talked a lot about, um, you know, what business looks like when you started back in, you know, 06, 07, and kind of some of the similarities you're seeing now uh, with the economy. I guess I'm, I'm just wondering how um, it looked then versus, you know, how you're preparing yourself now for what's going on in, uh, in the world. Yeah. And basically back then it was, for lack of a better explanation, it was name your price. It was, you know, we couldn't get enough people to complete the projects and, you know, and that's kind of what we went through with that whole COVID bubble. Um, you know, People were just dying for contractors, um, but now we're starting to see that little pullback as far as when you talk to suppliers and stuff like that, their sales are definitely starting to drop and they're preparing to tighten their belt in a few different fiscal ways. But, um, you know, the, the phone definitely isn't r- ringing as much right now, but that could also be just because it's that kind of odd portion of the season. But there's some projects starting to trickle in, um, you know, it's just going to be kind of one from mindset wise we made it through the last one we'll make it through this one but there's definitely some similarities to the current financial environment i would say you know people are kind of starting to to watch their wallets at this point right um i mean i'm i'm kind of seeing the same thing i guess my stuff is more recurring customers as far as my landscape work where you kind of do the bigger jobs where you're kind of with that project for a month or whatever. And then you, you got to find another one. You got to keep that sales channel kind of moving. Uh, so, I mean, is there anything you're doing in that regard to prepare for the fact that things might be slowing down? Stick with the commercial and commercial and more get into like diversify as far as like um, 
people, customers, you know, whether it's commercial or residential, um, the commercial where it's going to, you know, for the next couple of years, this stuff's already booked. It's already planned. It's approved. And they're already working off that finance. Now, what's that going to mean in two to three years? It could definitely see a slowdown of growth as far as the projects. Because they're basically, so I was talking to a guy who works for Harkins Builders, and they are completely booked up till 2020, end of 2024 with projects. But typically they stay three to four years. And he said he has seen nothing being new being put on the books 24 one right now so like a complete freeze of projects so all the all the spending that happened from 2021 is now getting booked and completed 23 24 and then we're going to possibly see a slowdown commercial but hopefully by that time we got residential we're catching traction yeah and and the other flip side of that is is like you know with the larger companies like the um in in our area some people might not know what these companies are but like reliable contracting and stuff like that like these they're very large excavating companies and some of that work trickles down to us doing punch out stuff on and that's how i kind of got in with them but they basically are saying they're relying on the county and city the emergency jobs the 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 projects that no matter what the financial outlook it it had this road is deteriorating it has to be replaced water main breaks water main breaks the bridge you can't just say oh ain't the budget right you gotta fix the bridge right you can't shut that road you know so there's that type of work you know and 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 that being said that there is certain sectors of like the residential stuff that are kind of quote-unquote recession proof the electricians the hvac guys your plumbers that work's gonna get done no matter what Okay. Um, you know, as far as kind of what we did, you know, J- Jeff being in the grass game, like people are still going to want to cut their grass. Right. Can you go out and spend thousand dollars in the lawnmower? Yeah, but most people aren't. Right. So, I mean, as far as like the work you're looking to book, is it more that emergency work? Or? It's more. It's more emergency work. The the driveway is crumbling. We need to redo our driveway, or it's a uh, you know serious foundation situation you know like the, it's not just oh we want a pretty patio that's not necessarily right. w- w- what's coming in at this point um you know and and that goes for the commercial or you know the, the, the commercials that you know there's always something with a large with a large room that needs to be done but they're not going to say oh let's redo our courtyards that's not going to happen Right. So right. more more structural more instead of more aesthetic that's kind of what you're seeing more in the commercial game. Um, now, I mean, on, on the flip side of that, is there anything that you're preparing your yourself, your personal finance with the backdrop of having an economic kind of slowdown or kind of shift into like the the mandatory work rather than the aesthetic work? So is there that personal side of thing that you're changing? Personal side is maybe slow down growth on like purchasing equipment and stuff like that. And just kind of, uh, well, just not spend money right no, <laughs> as much as possible. That's, um, that's kind of the name of the game right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we personally had some, uh, we were going to do like a, a small pole build and everything. And that, that's kind of going to get put on the, uh, on the back burner for this season. Okay. Um, just because spending 20 grand at this current point in time doesn't, you know, that, that could pay the, uh, overhead and the equipment bills and truck bills and stuff like that for right now. But, right. You know, so more or less going cash heavy to have cash that cash heavy. on hand. Yep, and to, to maintain cash for you know, like getting it. You know, we'll be getting it in the vest, I'm sure. But 
you right. know, to have to deploy on that side too. Okay. To, to take while the opportunities arise, you know, if anything, any good buys do come up, gotta have the money. Okay. In the way of properties, real estate, a little bit Stops. of both. Okay. I mean, that's you know something you know, and, and I'm sure you know Jeff. You, you talk about the the real like getting something as far as like a rental property, like whatever it may be, something you know to do like an Airbnb or something like that. But I'm more looking into a little bit more of the kind of uh, recreational country property, raw um, land, raw right land. Now. Okay. Because I'm kind of seeing a little something. Me and my wife went away this past weekend and out in western maryland um the whole camping hiking atv riding fishing kind of uh living that backcountry experience for a weekend getaway um that's becoming and they're doing horse riding trip. so that's something that's on my radar too is is possibly my wife my wife and i doing something out in western maryland like that so that's we also got to have some cash on hand in case of Okay. Certain, the right piece of property at the right time does come up. Okay. Uh, so now, I mean, you starting in uh, 05, 06, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I kind of know what you started investing into and kind of, you know, setting aside. I know you talked about some silver, uh, some things like that. Is that kind of going to be in your on your radar, saving for the, the precious metals or are you going to be real estate or mixture? I, I like the precious metals, but um, real estate definitely is, in my opinion. The, the, the stocks, Jeff got me about a year and a half ago. I started getting into a little bit of the stocks, but the uh, I've always been into the, the whole silver and a little bit of gold and stuff like that. But the real estate, the most successful investors, now I'm not saying they didn't have a portfolio of stocks, but the most successful investors I've ever known are guys that were well diversified into real estate. Um, right. And that's both from the ground up, um, being a, you know, basically purchasing a property, being their own GC, building a commercial building, renting it out. And, um, with that, you know, just residual income and then flipping properties, um, you know, and just real estate, you can't go, can't go wrong in my book, in my, in my personal opinion, I've never seen anybody truly completely lose out on a, uh, real estate. A little bit safer, more calculated returns. It's and... a little more calculated, you know, in worst case scenario, like you're flipping a house, worst case scenario, you don't flip it and then you put a renter in it and then the renter pay, is paying your bill. Yeah, you may not get the upfront cash, right? but long-term and plus there's some tax benefits to that. Um, yeah. And the, and the property, I mean, property is never going to go to zero. You know, if you're playing with penny stocks and you're getting burned on margin, you can lose a lot, but I mean, when you have a house, even if the thing burnt down, you, it's insured and you still insured. have property value. So, still, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's a, it's something that it's a, it's a tangible thing that you, you know, it, it is an investment, you know, and, and it's just in my, and it's kind of, I did not grow up in an investing family by no means. Um, it kind of was a, uh, I had a couple people along the way that kind of showed me, you know, different things. One being Mr. Corky. Um, he was the most successful investor I've ever personally known um, with a, I believe like a fifth grade education. Right. Um, no, but, what, what was he doing that made him so successful? So he, he was in World War II. Okay. Got out of World War II, went right into DC's um, carpentry union, did that for four years until he, I guess he, he got like vested where, with, with the carpentry union, but came right out there and then he just started buying small plots of land throughout Montgomery County 
Every time he saw a small little plot of land, he would save up every penny he made for months, buy that land, build a house, sell it. He, he would live in it for a little bit, and then because there was something, even back tax, then, tax law it was done. something, even back then, that yeah, he had to live in it for X amount of time and then sell it. And he did that several times until he actually, and they found commercial property and then did the same thing with that. And then he actually, oddly enough, got into the printing printing game. Um, it, it, it was like a business that popped up with a real estate deal. And he, he ended up, I think, I mean, still to this day, so Cheer, he, Cheerio Printing Service, his daughter runs. Okay. But so he bought the property with the business with, attached. With the business attached. And that was the greatest, it ended up being the greatest financial. And this is, this. these are old numbers, 10, 10, 15 years ago, the facility, and it was only my, I mean, maybe a five to 6,000 square foot commercial building in downtown Rockville, but it was right off the Metro. So it was like super, it was location, location, location. It was the perfect location. But I mean, he was getting twelve to $14,000 rent a month from the building when he all in investment on that was a hundred grand. Oh, wow. So he paid himself for like 20 years of his return. So that was his, he had a company in there that made him money. And then the rent off of it. Plus he leaked. So it was, it was a little, a little facility, the, 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 the printing company didn't take anything but an office, right. a little small office. And then he rented it out. And then Napa Auto Parts came in. When Napa Auto Parts came in, they doubled that rent. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, it's just small so, little stuff like that. Not saying every, every real estate deal is going to be. Buy low, rent high. That's sell that's for more. It. That's it. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, I, I know, I mean, I know we've talked about like our timeline and, you know, having a very physically demanding job in the way of construction or landscape or, or any of the things that we do. I know that your, your time frame to, to slow down and not be in the, in the, the day to day has has a window. I mean, I know you've talked about, you know, what your plans are for retirement, when that would be. What is what does that look like for you? What does retirement life look like for you? And when do you think you're going to be there? Well, if we actually get some snow, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a whole other sidebar. Yeah. But um, 10 to 15 years, uh, I'm, I'm done. Or 10 years construction, hopefully I'm, I'm done. Um, just the market in, in our area is getting crazy. Labor, trying to find labor is just a nightmare anymore. Um, finding good subs is horrible. You know, subs that will stay up to your bar, you know, your level of service that you demand um, that you can actually rely on. Right. Um, which, and, and that's not just, I mean, that's in every, I mean, even my wife has issues, you know, where she works at, they, they can't get people, I mean, in, in good high paying positions, you know, so it's right. not, it's, it's every, so it, it and if you would have told me 20 years ago, your number one issue in business would be getting people to show up for work. That would have, that blew, you know, something generationally happened in right. the last 20 years. Uh, I think that's but why the, both of us probably work by ourselves. A hundred percent. partner with people we can trust. Well, and and we've had this conversation before, you know, I'm getting off topic here for a second, but like how you and I, after not having full-time employees for three, four years now. Right. We still probably make at the end of the day, end of the year, we probably make about the same amount of money. Yeah, my numbers haven't fallen off as far as what and I less, actually bring home. Dramatically less headache. Right. I think you really got to scale up to that next tier to where you can really walk away from it mm -hmm. before you can really say that, uh, you know, the, Just the numbers have really changed. Unnecessary downtime, going back on, back on projects, 
the, the just the headache that you know that that's caused by you know and that, that, that's that's neither here nor there really. right but getting back to your original question the um the 10 to 15 years um 10 years on the construction i say 15 years on snow but i i have young kids and if they they already show an interest in it and if they continue to show an interest in it i and they want to be a part of the business i'll do snow every winter just to be involved with be them. involved with it yeah okay because i do oddly i know we we enjoy on your boots yeah we enjoy the pain of, of snow work <laughs> we like being up at two in the morning when it yeah. well, not, nothing happens don't right? sleep for two days or you know right sleep. yeah you know long days sleepless nights all the That's fun it. stuff um now as far as like to get to that point where in 10 15 years you can say hey I'm not doing it anymore. What, how are you setting yourself up now? Dividends. <laughs> dividends. Okay, let's talk dividends. What, uh, what, what's your plan on dividends? Do you want to get to a certain number? Where... I, I have, yeah, I have a number in mind, and it's just, you know, just to kind of everything will be paid off at that point and just something to, you know, give me a little cushion right. on, on the back end. But, to have a piece of real estate too, there's something else, you know, have some real estate that's bringing in some residual money okay. along with dividends, paying you money. And like I said, saying, and if you still have the snow, snow can be a lucrative position to, if you're diversified appropriately, I mean, you can have money rolling in with that, that right. you know, same thing. So, so by, in the way of retirement for you, looks like I'll have, Cash flow from a rental. I'll have live off some dividends, and I'll still have my hands in snow when needed. Whether it's um, subbed out or I'm actually doing it. Right. Okay. So it's kind of a, a three-headed approach to diversify. Uh, between the three, you still have a little bit of business on the side. Maybe maybe helping the kids if they want to go into the, the snow business, but more or less uh, creating a lifestyle for yourself where you can do what you want in the summer. You, if it's not snowing, you've got time for yourself. Uh, I'm sure it's probably still in your, you know, handy enough to go fix a property. You can go vacation at your place, take a week, take two, yep. do what you need to do and go hang out for a while. Is that yep. a... 100%. Okay. So in the way of dividend stocks, what, what are you looking for as far as like, uh, what are you buying? What What is really uh, going to get you there? Are you looking for super high dividends? You're looking for companies that are growing those dividends with the, with the share price? That, I mean, and honestly, right now, the best ones I, I that I personally hold is MPW, Caterpillar. VOO is not bad. Um, what's that one? Altria. Okay, ML. ML. Yeah. So you've got uh, highest would probably be Altria. Altria, by far, yeah. Medical yeah. Properties Trust. Yep. And Cat. Well, CAT and VOO are probably pretty similar, but I mean, CAT similar. is uh, is in, increasing pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the stock, I mean, just the stock in general with Caterpillar right now, I think that's my best holding is Caterpillar. Okay. Well, that's, personally, that's I, I've grown the most. It's grown the most for me. Because honestly, you know, full disclosure, I've really only, I guess it's a year and a half now right. that I've actually had a e-trade account. So, and started putting it with that. Before that, it was just some mutual So you'd months. say right around the time the podcast started. That's, I'm, I'm right there. Got got it's, one on board. I'm an OG. There we go. Let it grow investor. Uh, so, I mean, as far as like cat goes, um, now when you get closer to that point of retirement, do you think, hey, um, I want more in the way of dividends. I want to sell this Caterpillar stake that I've built 
And now I want to roll into some higher dividend payers. Would that absolutely. be? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely have to liquidate somewhere. You're not liquidate, but transition transition that into the other one. So the one I, the, that I forgot to mention was the Home Depot, and I did that strictly because your father. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> well he, I mean, when he it still got owns cheap, it under thirty, so yeah. Well, that's <laughs> it, I, and and I think I own it at like two ninety or two eighty, and yeah. But you said like that's too cheap. I right. mean, you talk about it, like yeah. that. It was just too cheap, and I think and it's, it's done pretty well. It's like three thirty or something right now. And those dividend increases, I mean, I'm sure we could pull that up, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know they're they're fifteen twenty percent yep. a year that they raise these dividends, so that's definitely nice as well. Um, so we're going from the dividends uh, or the lower dividend payers. You want to rotate into higher dividends, absolutely. Uh, and then ultimately, any kind of bonds. You thought anything like that after your episode? Couple was it two, two weeks two, ago, two weeks ago. That's I've, I've been looking at them. Okay, I mean, that, that's so, definitely something for sure money because I personally I don't I think we're gonna the next six months are gonna be weird. And yeah, then, you know. Yeah, I haven't even checked the market today. Yeah, I I was with your father yesterday. And he all all I didn't even look at it. I didn't when I went home. I didn't even look at it because he said it's it bad. Went, it tanked. That's yeah. what he said. He said it tanked. I was like, ah, I don't need to look at it. Now. Right. Okay. So. I guess that's another question. You got a lot of downtime in the, in the winter. Are you looking at it? Do you try to trade at all? Is that any kind of? I do. I have been dabbling more after this. When I listen to his uh, Jeff's episodes, I definitely go back and you know take a peek at like you know just to try to stay current with it because some of the stuff that that, that is just too. I mean, when MPW drops to what is it? it 10 11 or yeah, it got low it was down near like the 12 dollar range $12. so you, you're just trying to buy yeah, add to it when it's when it's low or you're looking to and and i know i can set them price purchases but my right. my uh brain doesn't you know we, i'm, we I'm can, not that tech savvy so you can cover that i physically have to you know i i i enjoy getting on there and kind of it's like i you know you go to the store to get something for 50 percent off i like it on oh my gosh it's yeah. so low i need to buy it it's on yeah. sale yeah, it makes me you know and and that's, you know, we've all been through those phases where you know you you, you kind of um, spend a little heavier than you should. And what right. I'm trying to do, and you know, with after having children, is you know, money is hard for us contractors to come by, and trying to put those dollars not into things that aren't making me money, but but right. to throw your extra cash into these stocks that you know. A, that you're getting every couple months, few months, you're getting actually, you know, money back on it and the other, you know, long term, right? You know, planning for the future and not being selfish and just getting a little instant, you know. It's certain, man. It's, uh, I mean, I just kind of did the math on the into my head as we're talking and we got 40 grand between us and just daycare, you know? So it's like, we got to pay all these bills before, <laughs> before we can put all the money into the market. So yeah. it's like, man, that's, and now even with one out of daycare, it's like, okay, well, we still got the summer camp, you know? So it's still, it's like, you think you get out of it and then you're just spending you're money not, somewhere else. Yeah, so. it's, it's, the, the kids are just a, uh, they're a blessing, but <laughs> they're also a financial a financial money pit. <laughs> you said it the way I wanted to say yeah, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, no, I mean, and from that standpoint, I think having a, that goal of saying, you know, I'm going to put 200 a week. 400 a month, whatever you can do and have that set up, um, you know, and then have the dividend income on top of that. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm reinvesting uh, with dividend reinvestment. I'm saying the drip yeah. program, you're reinvesting all this money a year, plus the money you're putting in, you know, 
just out of new money coming in. So then you've, you've kind of got more money going into the market every year. And that snowball effect uh, really starts that creeping up. Interest, I mean, it's, and the, the crazy thing is, is you really don't, I maybe noticed it the first couple months. I mean, and, and I, I did this years ago before I purchased my, and I think I should have said that before. Like when I was 13, 14, one of my dad's buddies, um, Mr. Brent, he got me into buying mutual funds and, and I got into a couple mutual funds in which it, they did okay. But then of course, when the house, like when the market, right. I need, and I was purchasing my first home as soon as I graduated high school, I, I bought my first house and I needed money. And so I, I cashed them out at the complete wrong time. Right. Um, but you probably also bought a house at the right time. At the exact right time because I made 40% on that home purchase. Okay. So, so it was like I took a I took a wash on this on the mutual funds, but then two years later it kind of And you needed out. a house to live in. So I, I guess have, yeah, that's that's kind of the difference of what we kind of talk about or where I kind of lean right now is towards retirement. But if there's younger people listening, you definitely gotta save for what is a necessity in your life. So if you're saving at a younger age and you need to save it for buying a house, you kind of By all means, yeah. don't want to have so high a risk because you have it earmarked for shorter term purchase yep. versus if you are, you know, 18 and you know, you're not worried about that house purchase, you can, you're saving for retirement. You can go a little riskier because you don't need it right away. hundred percent. I mean, and that's the, the if, if I had, you know, to, to do all over again and tell 18 year old Brad, you know, I, now granted, I didn't have necessarily an option. I I did have to move out at the time. because my, my parents were actually getting ready to move down to Tennessee. So it was like, you know, Oh, you know, cause I, I was, I was the baby of the family, but, um, you know, kind of, you know, get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, if you can't like these kids that are like in college and stuff like that, that are working, you know, and, and like working themselves or maybe they're living at home or, Right. There is such, if you could, for the first few years of your life, don't waste that money, you know, and, and there's right. some good paying early on jobs. If they would put away five, six grand a year, starting back to that, you know, when you're right. 18, you know, and there's yeah. all those, those different like charts that you can see, like if you start compounded growth, of compounded growth over like 40 years. And if you, it's we, me and me and my wife, April, we're talking about the other day because we're starting accounts for our kids. We had savings accounts for them, but it's like, oh yeah, great. You know, they have couple thousand dollars sitting in their, their savings accounts. But if you just do that, what is it like a hundred dollars a month thing mm -hmm. for them? Yeah. What it is when they're like 50, it's, oh, it's yeah. insane. I saw one the other day. It was like minimal investment like that. It's a hundred dollars like a month, 60,000 by college, which really didn't, it, it might've even been 50 a month. I forget the number, but then after, by after time another 50, 30 years, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, a couple million dollars. Right, right. And it, it and all they have to do is keep contributing that hundred dollars. Right. It's a hundred dollar ping every and, and of course that, that that's if your market tanks ten times, I mean it's gonna affect it a little bit. But I mean oh, e even if you put a hundred dollars away, you know, a month, right, and they do that to their fifty, you know, if they got a million dollars in their account. Right. But you know, you know, if it tanks and you're buying more every week, you're buying cheaper, at the cheaper so prices. When it does crank up. So that's it. It's kind of like you buying a house and then, you know, selling out of the index funds and then the, the house takes off. You know, that's it's like it, you, yeah. you're just buying those dips. You're buying the peaks, you're buying the dips. But over time, if the, we got that upward tra trajectory, you're you're yeah. in money. So, uh, no, I definitely think that's a, a good idea. I mean, if if you're setting up a, a Maryland account, I think you have to do it through T. Rowe Price, uh, Maryland 529. The yeah. um, I think that's each state has their own um, system where you have to go through there. 
And then, I mean, on, on E-Trade, you can do the custodial accounts, but there is more tax benefits to doing a Maryland 529 or a 529 for... And is the 529, is that the one that's more anchored towards their... Um... Schooling, schooling, and yeah, stuff. but it you, doesn't. It can be used like trade school. It or, can be used trade school. It can use, okay, be used yeah. for college. And I think if you, I don't know the exact rules. I haven't looked at it in a while, but you can take the money and start a business with it, uh, or something like that. Okay. I think that you might be taxed. You might on be it taxed on it at, at that, that given point in time, but yeah. you know you really can't get around that tax law all the time. So yeah. it's like you know you gotta you gotta play within the yeah. system. Yeah. But there's certainly benefits the fact that it's tax deductible on the parents on the putting parents, the money yeah, in yeah. or even grandparents, whoever's adding, it would be a tax deduction for uh, that investment for yeah. the, the children or grandchildren. But uh, yeah, so back to, back to like that retirement piece, are you, is there a number that you have in mind? I mean, I know a lot of times we talk about, you know, needing 2 million or 3 million, or you see the national averages, or is it simply like a, an income number you're looking for from these different streams of the investment? I'd say, a little bit of both, but I mean, honestly, in this day and age, I mean, especially if you retire young, having spoke, so I'm uh, the one, uh, what's his name, Daniel Collins. I spoke with him when we were up in Bear Camp last year, and he retired very early. He yeah. retired at 50, 50. Okay. He completely retired, no side hustle. Well, he's very into this. He was in, uh, started getting buying stocks when he was 18 years old, and um, you know, so he, he, he got in too early, didn't plan for having a very lavish retirement and, uh, so you know, live within your means, live within your means because the money can run out. Right. <laughs> so whatever you think you need, plan for more. Okay. So whatever thing you think you need an extra 10% as a cushion and, and don't go cr living crazy, That's it. live within the means That's of the it. money that you got, but That's you got to have that plan for how much you can eventually spend and, yeah. and save from there so yeah. all right we're gonna take a quick break and uh we can come back finish this one up but uh stay around we'll be right back all right we are back here and we're going to uh, finish up our piece here with brad and uh kind of talk about what he's got uh, on his watch list right now as far as what stocks he's looking to purchase or uh, or go ahead and even start a position or add to so uh what's what's on the radar right now trash trash okay <laughs> you know you know it's, it's one of those unnecessary evils where you know the trash business isn't going anywhere even in a down economy people are you know commercially residentially and like the waste management is one of them companies that's kind of right on the verge of that and along with you know all the restaurants and, and commercial buildings getting rid of the stuff the other big thing is the hospitals so the other trash removal business that we were discussing would be stereocycle Okay, so in the way of like contaminated uh, medical yeah. supplies, all the little sealed boxes you see and everything like that. And my my grandfather worked for them for like twenty years. So okay, that was a uh, you know it was a good company back then, and they've just done nothing but grow. You know. Okay, so you you kind of sound like you're leaning more into that conservative realm of uh, I don't want to take these big swings for the fence. I want to have you know the little uh, solid small growth stairway up. But yeah, just, just not the, not grind, the elevator route. It out. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we actually put together a list here that uh, would be Brad's five stocks for uh, what week 10 is going to look like. We're a little bit early to the punch, so uh, you probably got a little bit more time to look over these names. But uh, um, I guess I can pass the list off to Brad to have him go over the, the names that he wants to go ahead and add for 
for week 10 and, and kind of cover uh, his mindset behind these, why they might be a good uh, picks for right now with what's going on in the market and uh, ultimately, you know, why they've got some upside. So, I mean, waste management being the first one, um, that one definitely has the upside with the dividend. Okay, let's, let's take a look at waste management real quick. So we've got uh, WM is the ticker for those following along. We've got uh, stock price about 152.70 currently. We've got a dividend of about 1.8%. And the, uh, the analyst research is looking like we've got a little bit of room to move up. Again, these aren't going to be your, your swing for the fences. These are going to be those tried and true names that just kind of keep churning higher. So they've got about 8.5% of upside from 11 different analysts right now. The second, let's uh, look at this full stair cycle. Okay. And that, that ticker is SRCL. So some definite names that I normally don't look at, but I like that we've got a, a difference in uh, uh, some names here. So you want to you want to talk about this one? So the current stock price is 5503 and it's uh, upside. Well, the, the average price target would be 7250 um, the, this one did have a dividend as well, correct? SRCL, let's check back here. Uh, no dividend. No dividend on this one. But uh, you do get about a 30, where was it? 31 and a three quarters percent of upside. upside. Yeah. So that's uh, that's not too shabby there. I, I like the, the business. You know, hospitals are certainly going to still be needed regardless of what is going on in the world. And, uh, and know, they're on both ends too. Like they don't only just do the collection. They actually do the processing of the trash similar to waste management so it's all in-house there so i mean it's another it's a their their business is not going anywhere and um, I'm, I'm sure with covid and all they've got even more uh soil things yep. that they got to replace yep. and get rid of so that's definitely something to, to look into yeah yep. um the third would be a reit at uh what was that land yeah gladstone LA, gladstone um and that's just being a, there again nothing it's not Nothing to, you know, you know, knock it out of the park, but it's a solid place to put some cash, you know, that should be able to weather the storm because they ain't making any more of it. Right. So the, the ticker here is land. It's a, a Gladstone land REIT. You got uh, about 40% of upside, according to only one analyst. So you might want to do some more do digging some into this on one, but we got a little bit more time before we're going to be buying this one. So uh, definite. Uh, and there is some downsides with the REITs. Right. That's, I mean, that's what you, you know more, better than I, but I mean, you're going to get the some fees associated with that, right? Well, right. You, you're going to get to normally hit on the higher dividends. You're going to be hit on the, the dividend income. So you want to yeah. put them in a tax, tax shelter. So now this one is a lower on that, uh, that dividend, uh, but it is a monthly pair, which is rare. Uh, you get them in the names of like realty income. The ticker there is O, but uh, this one is a 3% yielder. Uh, so you'll get about four and a half cents per month per share, and it's only at uh, seventeen seventy nine. So if you're looking for a regular uh, monthly income, if you're getting closer to retirement, sometimes the uh, the monthly pairs in these couple different names are a good way to go to where you have a regular income and you're not really spacing it out four times over the course of a year. Uh, so definitely something that uh, I think could do pretty well. It did have a bad uh, twenty two. Or it, the stock did. It was down 38% over the past 52 weeks. And uh, like we talked about before, you've definitely got some of these 
uh, names that are trading down on some of the problems out there in real estate. But what they're doing is they're doing a, a triple net lease uh, to farmers to where they are going to be. Uh, the farmers basically pay for all of the uh, the fees, all the taxes, everything that's associated with this property. And the Gladstone would be owning the land. So there's less risk on that side of things. The, the farmers are still going to use it to, to plant their crops. And, you know, we, we still need a, uh, you know, more in the way of food, better foods. And really, uh, I think Gladstone could be a good way, especially after having a, a terrible year and uh, the, the real estate yeah. prices are dropping. Uh, I do think time to start. could be a good time to start accumulating. Right. right. So uh, that is number three. Ticker is L-A-N-D for Glans Gladstone Land. Uh, so what do we got on number four? We're going to do Cisco. Cisco. Cisco Foods. Cisco Foods. Cisco Foods. So yep. not uh, CSCO, which is the IT company. We're looking at SYY, yeah. which is going to be a, a food service company. Food service, yep. I mean, mm -hmm. which is basically all of your restaurants. They, they do schools, hospitals. Um, I mean, all your places that even in a downward economy, people are still going to be going to the mall. And right. Your rest, you know, they, and they do, like I said, government sector is what we, we – See them all the time down in DC. Those different World Bank jobs and stuff right. like that. And, I right. mean, always delivering. They're all, yeah. I mean, they're, they're huge. I mean, it's I, I got a good buddy that's involved with the a smaller name, um, Salvo Food Services, and that's one of their main competitors. Would be okay. Cisco, which you can't compete with Cisco. Right. They're nationwide, coast to coast, you right, know, north to south. But uh, yeah, let's let's take a look at Cisco. I didn't I didn't pull that one up, and I, I definitely think as far as delivering to all these government buildings that uh they basically got to run, and you've also got the, all the the food to the hospital for people that are getting taken care of, and even schools. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're still going to school. We're yeah. still delivering there. We've still got uh you know the you know people in hospital beds that are gonna have to have these services. So uh, definitely a, uh, a a name that's going to survive. Uh, certainly any kind of slowdown in the economy, we still got to have the, these uh, food items delivered to people. So, um, we, and this one's a decent dividend too. Yeah, we're getting about two and a half percent on that dividend on SYY. Uh, PE is a, a little bit higher at 27, but th that beta is a little lower at 8.7. So the, uh, you know, the volatility of this name is going to be lower than something more like a, a tech name that's going to have a higher beta, be a little bit more volatile. And uh, we do have 12 analysts covering this one, and uh, we've got about 13.5% of upside with uh, your 2.5% dividend. So you're right around 16% possible return on this name, uh, Cisco Foods SYY. So number number five, are we already on five? We're already on five. Okay. Now, we gotta we got to probably leave this one in as to why we're looking here and why we're looking at this one now. Uh, so what do you got? What one do you want to go with? The, um, You've only got one left. The lumber company. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was looking at the top of the list. So we, we put why, why is, Weyerhaeuser, Weyerhaeuser, which is W-Y. Uh, W-Y. So what's the thought process here on buying a lumber company when, uh, you know, the, the you know housing market is slowed? We've definitely seen a, a slower number in. Uh, starts on new permits for for housing. Well, if you speak with any real estate agent anywhere, we are still in a housing deficit. Yeah, we definitely need more more houses. Um, projects are going to start slow. You know, as we're talking about, like with economy, the next couple of years may be a little. You know, 
this is one I wouldn't jump like head over heels into, but you need to start, in my personal opinion, if you start averaging into that now, I think that, you know, we're going to, there's going to be another great lumber boom like there was a few years ago. Right. Um, you know, and other thing is, is with the, the, the lumber company in general, like you have all these different little sectors of it. Like, you know, you have just your regular nominal, you know, construction lumber, then you have your, your trim, you know, carpenter. I mean, there's, the, the other thing I'm looking at here is that they, they also own oh, 11 all, million acres of timberland in uh, the U.S. and manages an additional 14.1 million acres uh, of long-term leases in Canada. So yes. that's a, a lot of different uh, property that they own and manage. Uh, so that's definitely something where I think they have also got the value that they can probably do something with there to unlock some more potential. The, and the other uh, company, and I, I've actually... I didn't talk to Jeff about this, but the Irving is in New Brunswick. He owns all of, and if any of my friends from Canada listen, as soon as I say Irving, they're like, oh, Irving, Irving, you know, there's, there's going to be some, that's not a family friendly conversation we would have about that, but <laughs> they are what, they are a direct competitor with them, which, you know, when you get up there, the lumber companies are, it is amazing. The lumber businesses, when you cross that Northern border, it is besides us traveling as tourists up there, that's eighty percent of their economy, right? It, it, you 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 really see even when you get into like Maine, you see how big the lumber business really is. Um, so it, it's it's not going nowhere, right? There, you know, they they turn some some of those forest stands get turned over, and and James, uh, you know, James McCabe, you're gonna yell at me because he's my lumber specialist, but I'm sure he's gonna listen to this too because he's getting into finance, you know, messing around with um, finances too. So, but. They turn over timber stands in fourteen to sixteen years there. So you do see. So when you, if you look back at some of their stock and you, and you look at their prices, they fluctuate. They, over they the... fluctuate almost in timing, like with different. You know, like if they have a, a real good profitable. You know, if there's no disease, insects, and you know, and and they they could. You know, I mean, the the, the opportunities are endless with with the forestry, and it's not going away. You're not going to hit the. You know, right. You're not going to get rich off of these particular ones, but it's a safe play as far as. And I, I'll go out and say that I think it's part of a diversified portfolio to go ahead and have some of those building supplies mm -hmm. and not just tech, have some land, have yeah. some different companies in the way of trash or, or whatever fuels, to, to really build out a, a mix. Yeah. Uh, but also in the way of lumber and why we're thinking that it could be a good deal now uh, for the fact that it's trading down with the housing market, you know, looking at the REITs and seeing that some of those have dropped over the past year, uh, looking at the lumber and seeing that it's come down, uh, as well as housing. You know, we've seen a lot of those builders really get beat up. Uh, you know, DR Horton, Lennar, all those different names have been uh, trading down or kind of consolidating. I don't think that they're going anywhere, as no, we just by said. No means. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're, they're, you know, there's there's a lot of different uh, people saying that we're still at a deficit as the, the housing that is out there and how much we really need. Uh, so it could be a time to look at lumber and also the builders that are going to be building uh, these houses that, that are going to be do. more Absolutely. on the yeah. affordable side of things and maybe not the custom builders. Uh, I mean, uh, granted, I'm not saying that they're going to do bad, but I think the affordable housing is where the, the deficit really lies. So uh, that's uh, that's pretty much what we got on this one today. Uh, anything else you want to add? 
That's pretty much it. If you if you need uh, services, reach out to uh, Bathgate Construction for any kind of patios or additions, foundation repair, concrete. Uh, you can find him. I'll link him in the description. But that's what we got. We've got uh, five names that we're going to be adding for next week. I'll cover them again on this coming Monday show. But waste management, uh, Stericycle, land, Weyerhaeuser, and Cisco Foods. I'll make sure to cover those before we go ahead and put that next uh, poll out there. But uh, thank you very much for stopping by. And uh, thanks thank for you. having the first interview All in person. In house. And uh We'll have to probably step up the microphone game. We'll step up the microphone game. We'll, for get, the next some, one. we'll get some soundproofing in here. Yeah, yeah. we're going to build out the whole <laughs> studio. So that's what we got for you guys today. So thank you, and uh, we will catch you in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.